Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Welcome to another episode of me speaking to incredible people from around the world. And this time we're not going so far out of the United Kingdom, but it's still a long way from me because at the other end of the country. But two very, very good friends of mine. And I've been saving these guys for season two because they've got such a powerful story. So today is all about stories and what we can learn from that. I want to welcome to the program today Barry and Laura Ash. Uh, Barry and Laura Ash have been running Rock Solid Health uh, for, what, 10 years? It's a 10th anniversary, so I'm really, really happy for them because they're amazing people. Uh, they are now burnout and energy mentors. We're going to find out what that means. But what I love about these guys is that uh, Laura and I met, I think, because we were both former police officers. Laura used to be a former detective and has been running this, uh, this, this, this whole idea of health and fitness and mental health. And she does such an amazing job. And Barry is a former prison officer, or former PTI in the prison. So I think uh, you'll notice that both of them are heavily into their fitness. We've got so much to learn. I want to welcome both of them to the programme. Barry, Laura, good to see you guys. Thank you very much. I just want to say thank you so much. You're the first person to put my name first. Everyone always says Laura and Barry, but I just want to thank you for putting my name first for the well, you know, you've you've got always got these super super uh, su- like superhuman costumes on, and Laura, I think yours is always Wonder Woman, isn't it? Yes, and that's right. Barry, is yours Batman or is it Superman? I'm Superman. You're Superman, yeah. and I like Batman or Superman, and you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah, I do like the film, but. You know, Batman or Superman it is for me. And that's why I put your name first, Barry. <laughs> but you want to see these guys seriously every time I see photographs of you. And you still look amazing in your costumes. And you, you, you wear them at every opportunity. I've seen you in hospitals wearing them. I've seen you in, in conferences wearing them. I think you guys look amazing. But you are like super fit as well. You know, if I were if I were to wear a Superman conf- uh, Superman costume right now, uh, I'd be the only Superman with a bit of a belly on. <laughs> it would not look good. <laughs> How are you guys? Are you doing well? Yeah, we're yeah, really, really well, good, really good. But here's the interesting thing on that. You know, with the superhero, we call it our superhero life, and. Yeah. We are looking at expanding it quite a bit. And, you know, really for us, the the big message there is, you know, smile and pass it on and it can help anyone you should. But like when you say, you know, obviously I would be the Superman with the belly, for us as well, it's also an empowerment piece because every single one of us has a superpower and we need to lean into that. Do you know what I mean? Um, And that's something that I would absolutely love to explore more, you know, as the months and years go 
on with our superhero life. But that's like a little side project that we've kind of started. I love that. Yeah. So just just unpack that for me a bit. Where does that idea come from? What is it that you want to achieve with it? Uh, it would be two years ago, won't it? Well, not for two years. Um, Barry's mum um, died of a short battle with pancreatic cancer. It was five months from her being diagnosed oh, to that's awful. passing. And it was a five big shock. Oh, five weeks, sorry, five weeks it was. Um, and it was a big shock for all of us. Um, but, you know, before that, we were kind of um, gathering all of the costume together yeah. because a friend of ours said that he does stuff with Make-A-Wish and, you know, we were like, we really want to just start to give back a bit more now. You know, that was our our word. We wanted to give back. And so we started to get all this together and, you know, Carol knew that we were getting all of this together, but she never quite got to see us in our full oh. out. And we decided that our first charity um, fundraising gig would be to shave Barry's beard. I don't know whether you remember, Cole, but Barry had a full-on... Hobo lockdown beard. You did, yeah. It was blooming impress- impressive as well. Yeah. It put mine I mean, to shame. It a lot, you know? Um, and so Superman doesn't ha- generically have a beard, right? So right. we're like, right, we need to shave it. And we raised £4,500. Wow. Yeah, for the Pilgrim's Hospice, which was the local hospice who looked after Barry's mum in her final um, few days and us as well to give back. And since then, you know, Carol's one of Carol's saying is, you know, if you can help someone, you should. And we've really just wanted to add a little bit more richness to our lives by giving back. And we are we work with Demelza, who are a local children's hospice. We work with Tree of Hope. We're going to be going into Great Ormond Street um, as of uh, the end of the year. Um, and, you know, it's going to grow from here. We've got lots of ideas that we want to be able to do with it. So you'll probably see a lot more on social media in LinkedIn, you know, as we start to, you know, delve into that world a little bit more. It's it's, it's our it's our chance to give back, yeah. you know, um, with our time. And, you know, we had so much taken from us in COVID that for us it is just about that, that giving back, isn't it? 100%. 100% it's about giving back, putting smiles on people's faces because a smile doesn't cost anything, but the power of a smile is worth more than millions and millions of pounds. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, guys? I think you're incredible. And I, I love I love what your mum said about, you know, if you can help someone, you should do. It's like one of my core principles, my, one of my core values. Uh, and, you know, you scratch around all your life, don't you, trying to understand what your values are. I was just having this conversation with somebody over the weekend, and we we're of a similar age. And I said, you do, you, you send, spend all of your life either ignoring your values because, you, you know, what you're caught up in the pace of life you're young you're vibrant you've energized but then you get to a point where you start searching inside who am i what do i stand for and it's taken me so long to understand my core values and one of them is that you should help people wherever you can and i love the fact that you're helping people in such a unique kind of way and focusing in on bringing smiles and barry i think you're absolutely right the power of a smile is incredible um I, I actually went to see somebody in hospital who's seriously ill in hospital. And, um, you know, I was saying, the doctors may say what the doctors may say, but they can never estimate 
uh, the power of happiness within and the power of positive mentality and mindset and happiness and smiling, all of these kind of things. So critically important. So you are adding strength to people wherever you go just by bringing smiles out. So, you know, guys, I, I love what you do and uh, keep those pictures coming on, on Facebook and LinkedIn in particular. It's great to see superhuman uh, superheroes on LinkedIn every time I sort of scroll down and see your posts. Um, so you, you, you've... You, you are now burnout specialists and, uh, and I see so much of the social media content from you around burnout. But burnout isn't something that you traditionally focused in on. You know, you're really down the whole uh, line of physical and mental fitness. And now you've specifically gone into burnout. I sense there's a story behind that. Is, that a, is there a story that you would like to share? I mean, I tragic that you've gone through the experience that you're uh, that you've experienced with your mum Barry but is there something else you know Laurie you said something like Covid took so, so much away from us do you want to just talk that through in 2017 um, cool and not a lot of people know this actually um, this story um, I actually hit burnout and it was one of the worst breakdowns that I'd had since leaving the police so it was five years into running our business and I suffered what I'm helping my, our clients with, burnout, to the point mine was that detrimental um, call was that I was completely catatonic. Like I could not make a cup of tea, dress myself, nothing. Um, and to the point where we almost lost the business. Wow. Because... I do a lot of the marketing and the sales and the back end stuff, you know, and Barry will do a lot of client facing and I just couldn't do my job. Um, so it was at that point we had to readdress the business. I had to readdress myself, my beliefs, my values, how we worked. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point where we really felt a massive alignment with this whole energy management and, you know, from that point, this has all been in the making since 2017. I think one of the things is we always look at changing our body, making ourselves lose weight, looking at how we eat and trying to be as healthy as we can. But to have this feeling of health, wellness, well-being and moving forward and progressing in our life, there's a lot more involved than just losing weight or getting in shape or doing your running. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we have to go a little bit deeper because all of these body transformations that we were doing, yeah, they were looking great, but inside that voice was still saying, I'm still feeling tired, I'm still not worthy, I'm still struggling with this, I can't manage uh, the pressure from work, and it was life was still you know getting what? on. I, I love that I've got two fitness experts talking about mental health in this way, uh, because often... You know, every time I've come across any kind of fitness expert, they've largely focused in on the external sort of the look and the feel and the external health, let's let's say. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily equate. I've known plenty of people who are extremely fit, extremely healthy outwardly, but actually inside is a wholly different story. And I don't see many fitness experts talking in that manner. And it's really refreshing for you to be addressing that as well, because it's not always about how good we look, is it? Not at all. It's, it's how you feel. It's how you manage your energy. And it's how we, you know, everything that we've been through, you know, since 2020, Barry and I have lost quite a few people very suddenly. 
and some pets as well very suddenly, which have been really tragic for us um, to the point that I definitely had to have a little bit of counselling um, around PTSD. Okay. And we've really fallen into this message that we have one life to live, we have to make it count, and we have to live it now. Uh, right? so true. And so many people are putting off looking after themselves because of the project or I just need to earn that bit of money or, you know, I just need to get that client on board or oh, I just need to get the podcast up and running or whatever it is. But it's like, I'll do it when. Yeah, and it's like, you have to do it now. Like, there is no time to waste in being able to enjoy your life right now, you know? Well, I mean, you're speaking my language because uh, I think it's just up here. I have my saying, which is do it now, hashtag do it now. Uh, uh, And everything that you say completely resonates with me. As I'm getting older and older in life, I've realised that uh, I shouldn't be slowing down at all. In fact, I want to speed up and... uh, Life is not a dress rehearsal. I think I just put this on LinkedIn yesterday. Life isn't a dress rehearsal and it's not all over until the final credits start rolling. So you're just going to keep pushing forward, right? In fact, I've been over the weekend, I've been on a program uh, to learn how to become a TV presenter. And I think that this kind of mindset actually keeps you young and healthy inside and i think it's so critically important to to make sure that uh, you are feeling healthy from within before you even start thinking about looking healthy from without absolutely everything comes from within everything comes from within and the byproduct of coming from within is the outside the exterior always changes oh yeah i love that go on then um, just talk talk about that, Barry. What do you mean? This this vessel that we carry around with us, it will change through the way we treat it. And it's the way we think, the way we feel, the way we feed it, and the way we move it. Everything else is just a byproduct. When you lose weight, you gain muscle, you look better, you move well. That's just a byproduct of us looking after our six pillars of health and well-being. Yeah, I love it. Love that. That's deep philosophy. It's, it's very deep for an afternoon, but I love it. Absolutely love that, Barry. Uh, so, you know, if we talk about this whole concept of mental health, burnout, this, this, this sense that you're constantly growing uh, and creating those environments where people feel healthy from within, I think that's such an important message right now for organisations uh, to have. How do you keep your team, how do you keep the individuals in your organisation healthy from within? Because we know that trauma, stress, uh, burnout are real issues in the workplace right now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're getting so much, you know, from people where I think it's because life is so fast paced now. Um, and I think there is, you know, uh, a shame to it. The fact that you, you feel like you can't keep up with it, you know, all the time. But what we've got to remember is one of the things that we always talk about is that, you know, there are three dimensions of burnout. You've got mental, physical and emotional. And, you know, all of those have different symptoms, you know, for each of them. And it will be different for a lot of people. You know, we have something called a burnout self-assessment. And we found that when people were going through lockdown, they were more emotionally drained. 
when they came out of lockdown kind of like last year they were more mentally drained this is from the results that we found but as we're now moving forward at the moment we're finding that we're getting people that are more physically drained okay so it's kind of going you know um like this and I think that's one facet to look at with organisations. But the other conversation that needs to happen is this whole topic around mental health. I, Barry and I personally don't believe there's a mental health pandemic. It's an emotional health pandemic because we don't understand, A, what our emotions are and be what they're telling us let me just ask you this call things like depression and anxiety they are emotions yeah they are feelings the way we feel about something anxiety is there to alert us to something important going on depression is because something usually didn't go the way it wanted to go and i know a lot of people think oh that's a really flippant thing to say but you know i was diagnosed with bipolar back in 2019 and i've literally lived with bipolar and ocd my whole entire life so i pretty much had about 30 years experience you know myself with this and and discovery and i think once we can understand that it's our emotions we need to manage that one huge slice of the pie which then obviously burnout can kind of um you know uh, interject in if that makes sense yes yes that makes a, a lot of sense and of course you know you're speaking my language and you talk about emotions as a as somebody who deals heavily with emotional intelligence and works a lot with organizations around understanding emotional intelligence in the workplace uh, i think you're absolutely right i think you know i've been called into many an organization where either this team is struggling or or, or the organization seems to have taken a different pathway and people are struggling with that everything that i do really comes down to emotional intelligence and uh, an emotional resilience so i think you're absolutely right that emotions play a much 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 larger part than we give credit for and often we use this blanket terminology of mental health well what does that really mean and i think it's too wide a term mental health uh, and i think um, i think emotions we are still reeling from a traumatic experience that we all went through as a world in 2020 with the COVID-19. We've emerged from that. It's almost this post-apocalyptic world, isn't it? We've emerged from that world wholly different beings. We think in a different way. The world has reshaped itself in a different way. Uh, And many organisations, unfortunately, haven't been agile, haven't adapted and haven't uh, and are still trying to be the organisations that they were pre-COVID and I don't think the world is like that I don't think people think anymore the way they thought pre-COVID I think so much has happened people have lost their loved ones in such short spaces of time as you've just described yourselves I think so much has gone on that it has reshaped us uh, and I think that is a key, key thing that most organisations still aren't grasping. And the way we, we see it is mental health, we, we tend to look outside of ourselves for help. The doctors, we take medicine, we take um, tablets to help with the mental health issues. And yes, there are mental health issues out there. But as soon as we start to understand our emotions, yeah. this, this gives us the power back to take control, take responsibility of our own lives, but also we can start putting tools in place to actually help us understand these emotions. And when they do come up, because they we can't stop the emotions, yeah. but when they do come up, we understand them and we, we respond to them, we don't react to them. And these are different things that we can we can teach people. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And I think you're absolutely right, Barry. I, I cannot uh, agree with you uh, more. Uh, and it, you know, this subtlety that you talk about, you know, when we talk about mental health, it is almost like, you know, we need some kind of expert external help. Uh, maybe we're, we have to become reliant on some kind of medicine or drugs. And of course, there are situations where we need that if we are suffering from a, a clinical form of mental health or a clinical depression that might require counselling. You know, Laura talked early on that she had mm. a, a, some counselling because of the trauma that you guys went through. But more often than not, it's part of it is really digging down deep inside yourself and, and understanding um, the emotions that are, you know, running around inside our head and the impact that these emotions have on the quality of our thinking and therefore the outcomes that we experience. I love that. So um, when you work with people, I'm, I'm guessing that you tend to work with uh, individuals, do you, or do you work with teams how does it how, how does your business run sort of thing yeah so um when it comes to the uh, burnout side of things we will go in and do keynotes and talks to organizations and companies around you know burnout um or any kind of health related thing that they want obviously spoken about yeah but the other large part of our work is working with individuals um, and it is on our program called Energized Leadership. And that's where we help people to understand why they burnt out. But here's the thing for them to actually be able to turn around and say, cool, burnout was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm, I get that. Yeah, right. I get that. Because yeah. it's that moment of awareness, and you know, finally everything falls into place and you have this awareness uh, of what really is going on in your life. Yeah, no, I get that. It's, it's, an, it's an awakening. Mm. You know, so many people will come to us, they're overachievers. Maybe, you know, they've been pushed by a parent at school or they feel that in order to be worthy, they need to have a job title or a certain status or people need to think a certain way of them. And because of that, they're not living their true values. Yeah. They're not living and feeling worthy as they are already. And so, you know, we want them to almost rediscover themselves again. We want them to be able to create strategies so that they can live this one life, make it count right now, and to be able to manage their energy so they can enjoy an amazing work-life flow. Yeah. They can live true to their values. They can enjoy life and enjoy their work, you know, especially working with business owners, live more, earn more, feel more fulfilled, you know, um, and really to, you know, really do something incredible with this life by managing their energy and putting these strategies in place that we've, you know, um, developed. No, I, I think that's really good. I mean, I, I coach a lot of very senior leaders and when we get into the conversations and we start digging in deep, very often emotions are are, are an issue that uh, need exploring. Uh, so when you are driven by your desire to get promoted because that's you know that's your mark of success, your measure of success, or when you are driven by performance and you know you're working harder physically and mentally, working harder just to meet those performance targets or KPIs. Um, very often we we forget uh, the mental health and the the emotional resilience that we need to build ourselves. So I love what uh, what what you guys are doing. So you talk 
about burnout so much, Laura. And, you know, I, I love the, the little snippets that you put on uh, videos on social media. It is something quite deep for you. And uh, you've always talked about mental health, as uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you've had this, as you say, 30 years of living with uh, bipolar disorder and mental uh, illness there. But what was a turning point specifically for you that made you realise that, hey, wow, emotions are so important and, you know, uh, I am beginning to burn out. What was the, the moment that, firstly, that you realised that you were burning out and secondly, that made you realise that your emotions are a part of that? Yeah, so um, basically leading up, it was the 25th of July, which was a Saturday night um, at midnight. That's when it happened for me. Um, up until that point, um, things were so busy. Yeah. We were in London. I was looking externally at everybody else in the fitness realm and seeing, oh, they're doing that. They're successful. I need to do yeah. that. So dangerous, they're isn't it? I need to do that. Exactly. And I was pushing it. I wasn't looking after myself. I was burning the candle at both ends. And when we do talks, um, cool, what we do is we kind of split the room into three. We get one of them to sing happy birthday. We get one of them to count one to ten. And we get uh, a bunch of them to recite the alphabet. Okay. And then the third lot, uh, the fourth lot, we ask them to think about what their to-do list is that they've got to do tomorrow. That's what it was like in my head. That's what it was like. And it all came to a massive hole, literally like that. Midnight, on the nose, I just went, I can't take anymore, and I burst into tears. I was hysterically crying for three hours. And do you know what? Even at that point in the morning when Barry said, we need to call the mental health team, I said, there's nothing wrong. I'm not speaking to anybody and I had to have, you know, intervention from the crisis team. Even the nurse was like, you need to speak to somebody. Um, And so, as I said, that was on the Saturday that happened. I tried to go back to work on the Wednesday. I came and I sat at that desk, right? Mm -hmm. And I sat down in front of it at nine o'clock. I opened up my laptop, looked at my emails and I just burst into tears. I was like, I I just, I literally, I, I can't, I can't do this. And it was, it was that paralysing, was it? Yes, yes. I was completely catatonic. And the thing is, it just come up and it kicked her in the ass. And you, you get to the point, yeah, I'm managing, I'm managing, I'm managing, but then it is like that. Yeah. No, I can't do it anymore. So you literally either explode or implode, and it, it is instantaneous. So, Barry, I mean... When you were you were obviously looking from the outside in and looking at this 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 woman that you love and that you spend all your time with, what were the signs that you were seeing? Uh, and the reason why I'm asking these questions is, these are the kind of signs and symptoms that we need to be aware of when we are in the workplace. I deal with a lot of leaders who, I can see, are going down that pathway, but they don't see it themselves, and the people yeah. around them necessarily don't see them. So I want to just tease out some of the signs or symptoms so what were you noticing barry the first thing you notice is uh personal hygiene and that's not a bad thing but the the, the showering becomes less the breakfast the nutrition side of it becomes less it's more snacking on the go because the work's the most priority thing uh laura's exercise she was she loves her exercise that started taking a little bit of a back step right. and the work was overtaking that as well and you start thinking mm, what's going on and then you're having a conversation 
but there's two or three conversations happening at the same time. She'd flip from one to another to another. Okay. And I'm thinking, something's not quite right here. But no, she was fine. I'm fine. I can crack on. I can keep pushing. And these, it's, it's very, very subtle, but you've got to be aware of the norm. The norm starts changing. Yeah. Because everybody's got a different norm. Yeah. But that's what we got to understand. What is the norm for this person? And where are the subtle changes happening? And you've got to look at the physical, the mental, and the emotional changes. So here's the thing, uh, you know, I think this is really, really powerful and and, and very, very um, important for us to really take some note from this, that so many leaders out there are working just like Laura's working. You know, you see yourself in a positional leadership, you know that you've got to succeed, you know that you've got to drive performance, and you get so stuck in that that... Um, things start falling by the wayside and as the individual concerned you may not notice that you may not notice that you're not eating as well as you normally eat or doing the exercise that you normally are or your personal hygiene isn't where it normally or even maybe the way that you dress has started to slow down and you're just dressing in it if your habits are beginning to change you need to take note of that. And people outside of you, you know, people around you also need to take note of that. And I think this is such a valuable lesson um, that you're sharing with everybody because there's a lot of stress in leaders. Lo- leadership can be a very, very lonely position, right? Definitely. And I was going to say one thing I'd love to sort of get across to your listeners. If you are the person going through this and somebody from the outside, a loved one, does an intervention or they say something, just listen because there might be some value in there in what they're saying. Don't bite their head off and yeah. say, no, I'm fine and put it down. Have the respect for that other person just to sit there and listen. You can do with the information that you please, but just have a listen to what they're saying because it might be the thing that stops you from going full burnout. And it could be the most powerful feedback that you receive for a long time, if not totally, you know, uh, and you've just got to create the right environment for people to be able to give you that kind of feedback. And I think, Barry, it's a really powerful point that you made. Guys, I hope that uh, you, this is, this podcast interview has given you some, something to really think about, because I think this is so powerful. And I don't think we've addressed these issues in any of the previous conversations that I've had with other guests. But I, I, I just knew that it was going to be of high quality. Uh, Laura, Barry, thank you so much for coming on today. I've enjoyed the conversation as I knew I would. And thanks for leaving us with such golden nuggets. You're more than welcome. welcome. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) You guys even say say the same things at the same time together. (laughs) You're like twins. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care. Have a great day.